Well, church, it's a delight today to have uh, Emily Ancliffe here to preach for us. Emily and Tyler are the North Hub C3 SYD leaders of youth ministry uh, in, in Sydney for part of our C3 SYD church. Uh, Emily has been the C3 liaison person for compassion for the last three years. That means that she travels around to... C3 churches and other churches uh, sharing about the great work of compassion and how we can partner together. And we're delighted to have you here today, Emily. Fresh back from maternity leave. I think this might be your first weekend or second weekend back. So why don't we stand together at C3 Powerhouse, put our hands together and welcome Emily as she comes to preach the Word of God. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you. You guys can grab your seats. Band, take a break. You've done so well this morning. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, it is so good to be amongst C3 family this morning. I tell you, it makes all the difference when you feel like you're amongst family and friends. (laughs) And thank you, Pastor John and Danielle, for inviting me to speak this morning, for your amazing partnership with Compassion. I just honour you guys as leaders and for all that you've done in the C3 movement as well. So thank you for having us here today. As Pastor John mentioned, uh, I'm here with my husband, Tyler, and my three-month-old Bambi. And if we can put those photos up, I get that moment where I get to show my family photos now. (laughs) So she looks nothing like me and everything like her dad. (laughs) And we had our first flight yesterday. All went pretty well. A few cries, but in general, she did really well. And as Pastor John mentioned, we look after the youth at our church, at our location as well, and it's really fun to be traveling together today. Our, our parenting journey so far has been pretty good. I, only three months in, I understand that, but I can tell you I attribute it to one thing. Pastor Danielle's Parenting Tip Tuesdays on Instagram. Every Tuesday I've been tuning in, I've been making notes, and I think that is why three months in we're going so well. (laughs) I took some extra notes on the strong-willed children. Uh, I was one of those, so I have a feeling we could have (laughs) one of those on our hands as well. So right now I am technically on maternity leave, but I couldn't resist coming back for this moment. And I just love this church. I love this house and I'm so excited to see all that you're doing through your compassion partnership. You're actually part of a bigger vision for C3 as well. So as C3 Australia, we have set a goal to sponsor 10,000 children. Right now, we've probably just ticked over seven and a half thousand. Should we make up the difference today, anyone? (laughs) And so you are part of a bigger vision and I love the relationship that C3 has with Compassion. It is very special. I'm not sure if you're aware, but And Pastor John did a very good job at introducing what Compassion does. But we work across 25 countries with over 2 million sponsored children whose lives have been changed by generous sponsors like yourselves. And we work through the local church. That has been a very successful model for us, working within the communities, having people in the very community that child is from, caring for them, meeting their needs, understanding where they're at. And we are able to do that church to church. And I love that special relationship. And I could go on and sort of describe the facts about what we do, but I think the best way to paint the picture of what we do is through stories. Does anyone love stories? So I'm going to start by sharing a story from my friend, Teresa. 
if we can put up Teresa's photo there. She actually lives in Sydney right now, but was born and raised in the Philippines and was a compassion child. And so let me tell you her story. So growing up, uh, Teresa lived in the Philippines and her family was living in poverty. And they heard about the Compassion Program. And her family was particularly intrigued by the educational benefits that she would receive by being a Compassion child. And her dad was thinking maybe she could be the first one in our family to ever go to university. And so there was a little bit of resistance because it was a Christian program and that is not their family background. But they thought, we'll, we'll just we'll deal with that later. Let's just go for the educational benefits. Maybe this will make a difference in Teresa's life. And so Teresa became a sponsor child. Now, Teresa loved being a compassion sponsor child and she loved the connection to the church that she would actually attend church services. She would sort of sneak away from her family and attend church and youth because she loved it. She felt at home there. Unfortunately, this wasn't okay with her dad. And her dad would beat her every time that he found out she had snuck away to church. Teresa, however, had a solid relationship with God. And Teresa was so loved for and cared by by the Compassion Center staff that she held on to scriptures to be strong and courageous. And that if she was saved, her whole household would be saved. So she just kept going to church. Despite the persecution, she held on to hope and she knew that that's where she was called to be. One day, uh, there was a fire that broke out into her community. And unfortunately, a lot of people lost their homes, including Teresa's family. And so they were left homeless. And the Compassion staff were the first ones to respond to their aid. And they offered temporary housing in the local church. And so that family spent a couple of months sleeping in the church while other accommodation was being organised for them. Now, Teresa loved this. Her dad, a little apprehensive. But hey, it was free accommodation. It was what they needed at the time. Eventually, though, her dad started sneaking into the back of church to see what this was all about. And one day, he sat at the back of the service where a message was preached from John 3.16, and his eyes were open to God for the first time. For a few months, he sat at the back of that church every Sunday and just absorbed the gospel message. He gave his life to Christ. He responded one day in church. And can I tell you that three years later, he then became the project director of the Compassion Centre Teresa grew up in. (laughs) That is just one of millions of stories where whole families have been transformed. Because we see that when you sponsor a child, you are breaking the cycle of poverty for generations to come, and you are introducing entire households into the house of God. How awesome is that? And so today I thought we should take a deep dive into the word compassion, the whole word that we have centered our organization on. So what does the word compassion mean? How would you define compassion? Perhaps you would say to have feelings of sorrow or to have mercy on someone, to feel some sympathy or empathy for someone's situation. Well, I find that typically definitions of compassion are a little too 
passive, a little too vague, not very personal. Because for me, compassion isn't just having sympathy on someone. It is so much deeper than that. And so I wanted to walk you through this little diagram. I didn't make it myself, but let me walk you through it if we can put that on screen. It is a, a process, right? So we, we can start over here. We have pity which is, I acknowledge your suffering. You can see that. We're not immune to that. I have pity on someone or their situation. And then we walk across and we've got sympathy, which is, I care about your suffering. That's a good step. That's a good step. I care about your suffering. Then we have empathy. I feel your suffering. Can anyone relate to that one? Any empathetic people here? I feel your suffering. But then the final step, is compassion, and that is, I want to relieve your suffering. Compassion is the action word here. Everything else is to do with our own feelings, our own sadness, but compassion is the one that actually offers a solution. Compassion is the doing word, <laughs> and I believe compassion is the Jesus response. Let me tell you, I'm an empathetic person. I can't watch sad movies. Is anyone else like this? Uh, my childhood was destroyed when I watched The Lion King. That was the first time where I sobbed in a movie and I've been like that ever since. I can't watch sad movies. I can't watch scary movies. I just feel things too strongly. I'm an empathetic person. <laughs> But I don't want to stop there. I don't want to just feel what other people are feeling. I actually want to help. I want to provide a solution. And I don't want to be absorbed in my own feelings of sadness or sorrow to see someone else suffering. But I want to be part of the answer. And I believe that Jesus has called us to be part of the answer for children living in poverty as well. <laughs> I wanted to tell you a, a story of when I went out to the city post-COVID. Now, I don't know what your lockdowns were like, but Sydney, we had quite a few lockdowns where we were restricted to just our local government areas. So we couldn't travel very far from our own homes. And it was like this for a while. And I remember the first time that I went back into Sydney CBD post-COVID. It'd been a long time. Ty and I were out there for a date night and we were walking the streets of the city and I was really confronted because I saw the amount of homeless people out in the streets. And can I be totally just honest in front of family this morning? I forgot. I forgot that that was out there because I had just been in my own little bubble for so long. And I felt really confronted by what I saw. I saw men on corner streets just sitting on their little cardboard cutouts with um, blankets and signs asking money for food. And I felt sad. I felt pity. I felt sympathy. I felt empathy. But then there was this one man in particular who was across the tram line and I could just catch glimpses of him in between all of the foot traffic. And there he was, knelt down on the ground, his head bowed and his hands just slightly raised, begging for money. I've got the emotional post baby, everything makes me cry. <laughs> begging for money and it was like he was unworthy to even lift his head or make eye contact with anyone. And as I was feeling those strong feelings of sympathy, feeling sorry for this man and his situation, with everyone just walking past, I felt God totally arrest me in that moment. 
And he said, will you have sympathy or will you have compassion? And for me, that's when the difference and that understanding and that revelation of compassion really hit home for me. And for me in that situation, I was confronted and I was feeling sympathy for this person because I hadn't seen it for a while. It was fresh in my face. But I thought, what if I walked past him every day on my way to work? Would I still feel this way? And I felt God really challenging me what it is to have compassion on someone. And so later that day, I went home and I made a a donation to an organization that helps the homeless people in our city because there was nothing, there was no good in just being sympathetic towards someone in their situation. But compassion, my compassion could make a difference. And so that question has constantly echoed in my head. Will you have sympathy or will you have compassion whenever I feel stirred by something, whenever I feel sad about something presented to me? And I feel that in the Bible, there are so many examples where we see Jesus exemplifying this, having the compassion response. I'm going to just highlight a few verses for you that show exactly what Jesus did in these situations. So the first one we have, Matthew 15, 32, and it says, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint away. Matthew 20, 34. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Mark 6, 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved by compassion towards them because they were sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Luke 7:13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. What stands out to me about those scriptures is the sentence structure. Jesus had compassion and then. Jesus had compassion, so did. Jesus had compassion and said. He had compassion and then he did. That is the Jesus response, to have compassion and do. Compassion being our doing word. Compassion being the word that embodies what Jesus would want us to do in those situations. And so I believe that this is the way that we are supposed to respond as well. When people are put in our path that Jesus points us towards, he says, have compassion and then. I don't believe compassion is a feeling we're meant to sit in. I don't believe we're meant to say, oh, and I just felt so much compassion. End of sentence. I was moved by compassion and so I. I was moved by compassion and did. I was moved by compassion then said. Compassion is actually a springboard for our faith. It is not something that is just meant to sit with us and we're meant to feel and absorb. It is for us to do. And so I never want to become immune to the things that break God's heart. I never want to be insensitive to the things that are right in front of me and just to say, yes, I felt sympathetic. Yes, I felt empathy. But I want to say that I felt compassion and did. Because in those scriptures, those examples, compassion was what led to healings, miracles, people encountering Jesus, revelations, all came out of that place from responding with compassion. And we have the opportunity to do the exact same thing. And to me, this is also another great example in the story of the Good Samaritan. Is everyone familiar with this story? We're going to read it together. It is in Luke chapter 10, and it goes like this. 
One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side and, uh, to pass him by. The temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passes by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins saying, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which one of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. I believe we are called to love on others the way that this Samaritan did. And that was stemmed from a place of compassion. To see the one who was actually placed on his path and not just feel the pity or the sympathy or the empathy and keep walking by, but to do something about it and respond out of a place of compassion. And I wanted to share a moment with you where I was able to step out in response to a time where I felt compassion. And that is the story of how I became a sponsor with compassion. I was 15 years old and I was at Every Woman Conference, which was happening in Sydney, led by Pastor Chris Pringle. And I was there with my mom and some church friends. And we had a moment in the service, similar to what we're doing right now, where compassion was presented to us. We found out about what they did. And there was a question that Pastor Chris asked and she wanted to know, was there anyone in the room that would like to sponsor a child today? Now, during this time where I had heard about compassion and watched the video, I felt moved. And I felt like I would love to be a part of this. I have a real heart for children living in poverty and I want to be part of the answer. And so in that moment, I said, Lord, make me rich and famous so that one day, one day, God, I will help thousands of children living in poverty. Amen. <laughs> I thought, great, this is my calling. And so when God blesses me with all of the money in the world, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to sponsor thousands of children. Thank you, God, for blessing my future. <laughs> but funnily enough, it didn't end there. And I felt another tugging in that moment, which, which was God saying, don't wait for that one day to come. I want you to sponsor one child and I want you to do it today. And so I'm wrestling with this. I'm in high school. I'm in year 10. I don't have a job. And so Pastor Chris says, who would like to sponsor a child? And I put my hand up and my mum looks across and she's like, you don't have a job. How are you going to pay for this? I don't know. <laughs> and so that day, I received my sponsor child. His name is Edgar, if we can put a photo of him up. At the time, he was five years old. 
And this photo is actually from when I met him. So he's probably six or seven there. And I got to go to Uganda. I gifted him a soccer ball because he said he loves soccer in his letters and a backpack full of toys and activity books. And then I'll show you a photo of him now. So he would be 18 or 19 now. There we go. And we have had this ongoing relationship for coming up to 12 years. So I sponsored him when I was 15. We've been writing letters to each other ever since. I love the letter writing. Let me tell you, it is so valuable to write a letter to your sponsor child, to encourage one another. My favourite thing was hearing what Edgar wanted to be when he grew up because it would change every week. <laughs> and one letter in particular, he said, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. I thought, yes, this is awesome, Edgar. And then the next sentence, my favourite activity at school is snack time. I thought, okay, <laughs> got a little bit of work to do if we're going to be a doctor, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> but in order for my sponsorship to happen, what I did was I started babysitting in my neighbourhood. As soon as I got home, I calculated, okay, it's $48 a month, so I just need to do a few hours of babysitting in between school, on the weekends, whatever, I can make work. And so I, on WordDoc, printed out a babysitting flyer and handed it out to all of my neighbours. And for the remaining three, two years that I had in high school, everything I earned from babysitting went to sponsoring Edgar. And he has been my sponsor child through many seasons of life, when I've had full-time work, when I've been married, when I've been on maternity leave. And he's considered part of my family. And I have loved the sponsorship journey with him. But the thing that struck me in that moment was I... I can feel like that's often the situation we find ourselves in. If, if our situation was better, I'd love to be a sponsor. When I have money, I'd love to be able to do more. When I have this one day when, when God might actually just be asking us to be faithful for the one in that moment. Because if I hadn't had done anything then, I wouldn't have had this 12-year relationship with Edgar. And I'm so proud that we have this relationship with each other and that I've been able to meet his family and see exactly what the Passion Project has done for him. And to me, this points to the story in John where we have the story of the fish and the loaves of bread that the little boy was able to offer up. So let me read that to you now. It says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will this go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. I love this story because I felt like the little boy where I only had something very small to offer and I could look at the issue of poverty and say, how far will this go among so many? But it's actually not up to us to be the solution. It's us, up to us to just release what's in our hands because Jesus was the one that did the multiplication. Jesus was the one that did the miracle. But it was that little boy who took that step and released what little he had in his his hands. And so my question to you this morning would be, what is in your hands? What has God already placed within your means that perhaps he's asking you to be faithful with, to release to him in order for him to do the miracle and the multiplication on the other side? 
And we will have that opportunity later on today where you can sponsor a child. But first, I just wanted to show you a quick video, which is an update from Uganda, just to paint the picture of what has been happening, particularly post-COVID. And then I'm going to walk through a few instructions of how you can join us to be a sponsor. And then we'll finish the service and I'll encourage you in stepping out in your action of compassion. So let's take a look to the screens. Greetings from Uganda. On behalf of our church partners and compassionate staff here in Uganda, it's a great joy for us to be with you. Compassion Uganda currently serves with 444 church partners. Together we serve babies, children and youth, a total of 130,000 of them. The past year, of course, has been a very difficult year for us as a ministry. There was a lot of uncertainty. With COVID-19 disrupting almost everything, many small businesses could not survive within the first and second month. You have adults who are locked up in small homes with a sense of hopelessness because their little businesses have gone away. They don't know how to feed their families the next day. And that mixes up with mental health issues. And so we had so many cases of children that are facing abuse for the 12 years that I have been with Compassion. We have not had a season in which we have read so many reports of children that have conceived underage. We have also had children affected by floods in southwestern Uganda. And of course, Compassion came in to avail disaster support. But those are some of the challenges that are affecting children apart from COVID. COVID-19 has threatened dreams of children our church partners did whatever they could to make sure that these children live with a sense of hope. Our major focus areas have been in the area of child protection, in the area of household security. We ensure that the beneficiaries are food secure. We have income generating activity support. A number of beneficiaries have accessed funds to revive their businesses that had collapsed in the area of meeting the children's health needs. We have continued to do what we've always done and also their education, of course not forgetting the spiritual needs of the beneficiary. Compassion, I think more than ever, pushed our boundaries. And to be honest with you, there is nothing that brought me great joy. Like seeing this ministry allowing ourselves to put out those boundaries and meet children's needs, whether they are on our program or not on our program, as long as they are near. We had such a beautiful story of one of the mothers that was abandoned. And moreover, there were strong winds in that community and the roof was blown off and of course the shelter was affected. Through compassion support, we're able to renovate the shelter for them to provide the household needs that had been affected because of that disaster. A youth on our program had received a gift from his sponsor that he was able to translate into a sewing machine. He discovered that most of the people in the community were putting on masks, but their masks could not cover the nose and the mouth. So what this young man did was to take the measurements and the guidelines by the Minister of Health. He began making masks, and he was able to begin selling within his community. Our dear supporters, we can't thank you enough. We bless the Lord for each one of you. Your work and your labor is not in vain as you continue to advocate for children through your giving. Love you so much. 
and God bless you. We are praying for you. Oh, that's my favourite part. Stay strong. <laughs> and so, as you can see, a COVID obviously affected things for people living in poverty as well. They were under some really tough circumstances. And what that meant for Compassion is we get children sponsored by being in church services like this. And so when churches weren't meeting, they weren't hosting Compassion Sundays. And so there we, therefore we had just a growing pool of unsponsored children waiting for the opportunity for a sponsor. And so when you head out into the foyer today, you'll notice these profiles of compassion children. And at the bottom, you can see a section that says, I have been waiting for more than, and this says 320 days. So there are some children that uh, have been waiting for over a year, longer, just waiting for an opportunity like this for someone to respond with compassion in order for them to receive a sponsor. And so we'll do that together as well. But I wanted to just finally encourage you with this last scripture from Colossians. Colossians 3.12, and it says, Therefore, as God's chosen holy people and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. My prayer is that that question would constantly echo in our minds of will we have sympathy or will we have compassion? And I pray today that there are people in this room that are willing to take that step to reflect upon what God has placed within their hands and be willing to sacrifice any statements that you might have about one day I'd love to and to actually sponsor just one child today to make that difference in someone else's life. And I can tell you from my personal testimony that actually having a sponsor child has discipled me. <laughs> it has been a beautiful thing for my relationship with God to have that relationship with someone else living in another country and I'm able to disciple them through letter writing, through my obedience of financial support. And so if that is you here today, I'm so excited to continue this amazing partnership that we have with your church. And I'd love to just close in, in prayer. And if you are considering sponsoring a child today, I'd love you to raise your hands while I pray. We're not going to be handing out profiles. We'd love for you to actually come and see us in the foyer. You can ask questions. Uh, Michael and Kate will be there as well. And we'd love to walk you through what that, that could involve for your journey with compassion. But as I just close in prayer, if you're considering sponsoring, whether it's for the first time with us or you'd love to add another child to your family, why don't you just lift your hand so that I can pray over you specifically this morning. Let's close our eyes and pray together. Oh God, I thank you for your chosen people, your faithful ones, God. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have been the perfect example of what it is to respond with compassion. Lord, I thank you that compassion is a doing word, that is not a feeling that we are supposed to just sit in. Lord, that it is beyond feeling empathy towards someone, but it is a doing word. It is a response. And Lord, I thank you that we can do this because of the example you have given us for the compassion that you have had on our lives. So Jesus, I pray for the people that are considering sponsoring a child today. Lord, that you would bless them, that you would speak to them, that you would impart wisdom to them as they make this decision, that you would highlight the child for them that they are meant to sponsor. Lord, I thank you for pouring out your blessing upon them as they take a financial step, Lord. I thank you for covering them. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them for their obedience. And Holy Spirit, we wait on you to be obedient, to be responsive to what you are doing. Oh God, let us not become immune or insensitive 
to being a good neighbour, to responding with compassion to the people that you have put on our path. And God, we just pray for the children that are represented here today. God, I thank you that this is their moment to receive sponsorship. Lord, I thank you for that day that they received the good news, that they have received a sponsor from Australia, from C3 Powerhouse. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that that will be upon their families. Lord, I pray for your protection to be upon them. God, that you would just pour out your spirit into those communities, that you would empower those leaders. Oh God, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to partner with the local church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to be a people that respond with compassion. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we'd love to see you come and chat to us at the Compassion Stand at the end of the service. If you've been watching online with us this morning as well, I wanted to let you know that you can pop it in the chat. Why don't you say, hey, I would love to sponsor today. And we can send you a link where you're able to sponsor online. And for those of you in the room, come and pick up one of these very precious profiles and you'll see all of the information, how long they've been waiting for, and a simple QR code where you can sign up to sponsor on your phone, on the spot, really nice and easy. So bless you, church. Thank you so much for your wonderful partnership. We love you so much. God bless you.